You ever find yourself saying things like, I feel like I'm drowning, like I'm swimming against the tide? What things in our life make us feel that way? What's those biggest issues or problems or obstacles or struggles that we face? Uh, I get privileged to sit in my office with a number of you one-on-one or in group settings where people are trying to unpack their lives. They're dealing with struggles. They're dealing with pains and relational storms of life. And what I found is that the underlying issue between all of those is this word unforgiveness. It's, it's why we're doing this sermon series. It's why this sermon series is so important to us to really take a look at how do we embrace forgiveness. Uh, If you've missed any of these online or here, go to Roy Red and go to the last four weeks and make sure you've seen them all because this is the foundation of our walk with Jesus Christ. If you were here in week number one, what we did is we looked at finding forgiveness. We realized all of us, every one of us have sinned, fall short, and that separates us from God, but never from his love for us. And he gives us this undeserved free gift of freedom. And in case you've missed hearing it, your sins are forgiven in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Know that so that you can move forward in your life. In week number two, we took a look at forgiving ourselves. And it's interesting that we wrestle so much with this one. God has forgiven us, and yet sometimes we just can't let go and forgive ourselves. He's removed your sins as far as the east is from the west so that you can move forward knowing that God loves you. In week three, we looked at forgiving other people as we've been forgiven, because we kind of wonder, why should I forgive so-and-so? Because you have been forgiven. And it's not saying what they did was okay. It's not saying that it didn't hurt. It's not saying, come on and do it to me again. It's simply saying that I'm going to turn this person over to the Lord. I'm going to pray that God works in their heart so that I can move forward. And then last week, we talked about forgiveness bringing power to us, the power that comes from a compassionate, loving God, so that we can have freedom from our imprisonment to our sinfulness, uh, so that we can move forward and deal with our hurts or our habits or our hangups to be what God wants us to be. And that brings us to today, and I'm calling this one Living Forgiven. So what does it actually look like to live forgiven? Because I got to tell you, if you don't understand it or you don't receive that gift, your life's going to be miserable. Let me show you an example in this video. Hey, Kat. Jesus. Oh, it's been a long time. Yeah, um, I didn't expect to see you here. Whoa, what's that smell? Smell? Oh, um, well... That's my trash. I just, I'm a little embarrassed about it. Oh, well, is that why you've been avoiding me? Avoiding you? I, I, I haven't really been avoiding you. I just, you know, I don't, I don't want to get close to you. I mean, I, I just, I don't want you to smell it. I'll take it, Kat. Come oh, on. Oh, no, 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 no. That's okay. I mean, I made it. It's my trash. You know, I should carry it. It's, it's, it's okay. Yeah, but Kat, I mean, this is my job. Right. I take people's trash. That's what I do, so... Right, okay, well maybe I could go and just clean it up a little bit, you know, and then I'll just, I'll come back. No, Kat, I don't need you to do that. Um, okay, I'll take it from you so you don't have to carry the weight. Oh, well, I- Come on, uh, just, uh, just hand it over, uh, all, right? all right? Let go, let go, yes, yeah, just, yeah, yeah. Uh, How's that feel? Weird, wow, that is crazy. Yeah, just loosen it up a little oh, bit. Check that 
pumped like that before. Well, I mean, that is crazy. I just, I feel so free and alive. I, it's I mean, the lack of trash. Wow, it's just like, this is the craziest feeling I have ever had. I just, it's like something's missing, you know? Well, I just, um, get used I, to feeling free, because that's yeah, what you are now. Right, okay. Uh, okay. What are you doing? I just, I gotta get one thing, okay? Hold on just a minute Get here. one thing? No, 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 don't open the bag! Jesus, thank you so much for your sacrifice. I really appreciate all that you've done for me. What's going on here, Kat? What? Look, I'll take the trash, but you need to put that back. Oh, um, no, actually, um, that's okay. This is mine. It's my piece. I want to keep it. No, it goes right back in the bag, so I'll help you. Here, no, 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 put no, it no. here. No, Jesus, I, I need to remind myself not to make more trash. I mean, that just Kathleen, makes sense. I will remind you not to make more trash, oh, okay? Oh, well, Jesus, you know... That's what I do. I mean, we'll walk together. I know, but I should be in a better place than this by now. I mean, I just, I'm constantly doing things wrong, you know, and I, I'm just, I'm constantly letting you down. No, the only thing that's letting me down is, is, is you taking the stuff back. Okay. Look, I took care of the trash before you even created it. Oh. Look, don't you see what's happening? Every time I take your trash away, you come back and, and take another piece. And the more pieces you carry around, the more trash you attract. It reeks. Cat, when I look at you, I don't see your sin. I see you. The real you, the free you. This is what I'm fighting for. This is what I died for. Jesus, I'm sorry. I just, please forgive me. I've already forgiven you. The question is, will you forgive yourself? That's a pretty powerful video that kind of ties all these weeks of this message together. How sad it is when we don't receive this free gift of forgiveness of sin. It's the greatest gift you could ever receive, and it's a free gift from God. In God's mercy, and because Jesus paid the price for you. And that changes everything. Because living forgiven changes every part of our life. Let me see why that's not on the screen. There we go. Living forgiven changes everything. And, and what it does is it gives us security and grace and it gives us freedom and hope and courage. And those things fill us with joy and love and purpose. I used to tell a story probably about a dozen years ago, and it would make everybody laugh. I'd say, imagine the Cleveland Cavaliers are the best team in basketball. And then at that time, everybody would laugh. And then, of course, 2016 came and they were the best team. And, you know, now we got Donovan Mitchell. And who knows, maybe we will be again. But put ourselves back in those shoes where it seemed outrageous. But imagine we were, we had home court advantage, it was game seven, NBA finals, the hottest ticket in town. There's no way anyone in this room could ever afford or have contacts to get those tickets. And I announced I bought every single seat down at Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse. I've got them all, and they're all for you for free. Every one of you, I'm inviting you to come. Don't have to do anything, no strings attached. Just go to the will call window and say, Pastor Dave, and in you are for the greatest event of all times in sports history. I got to tell you something. There'd be all kinds of empty seats there because there'd be people that would say, well, Pastor Dave can't afford to do that, or he doesn't like me. He didn't do that for me, or I'm too busy, or I got my own plans, or I'd rather go to a soccer match, or whatever the reason, they wouldn't show up. Well, it's the same thing 
with Jesus' death on the cross, he has purchased the ticket, the seat for you to freedom and to heaven. And there's no strings attached. It's simply, I'm a sinner, Lord. Will you forgive me? And when that happens, you can let go of everything and you can be transformed and changed. Or what if you were dying of thirst and, and someone came up with a whole case of water and they gave it to you? First of all, you'd thank them. Then you would refresh yourself. And then you'd look to see who else needs to be refreshed with this water, right? Well, no one in here right now is dying of thirst, but every one of us is dying of sinfulness. And Jesus has brought that case of water, so to speak, and he's given it to you for free to refresh yourself and then to share it with as many people as you can. And yet sometimes we wrestle with that. We wrestle with, does God really going to do that for me? Uh, uh, Wrestle with, uh, how do I forgive myself? Wrestle with, how can I forgive other people? Well, there's a verse that uh, is, is kind of a neat verse for us to look at here. It's short. Uh, 1 John 1, 9, it says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just, and here it is, will forgive our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Do you look at that? There is no asterisk anywhere in that. It doesn't say, well, unless you're so-and-so or unless you do this or confess your sins and you are forgiven. What's some other translations of that same verse? Well, the New Living Bible says, but if we confess our sins to him, he can be depended on to forgive us and cleanse us from every wrong. And it's perfectly proper for God to do this. Why? Because Christ died to wash away our sins. Or in the message translation, the same verse, if we admit our sins, simply come clean about them. He won't let us down. He'll be true to himself. He'll forgive our sins and purge us from all wrongdoing. In his mercy, because of Jesus' death, that changes every single aspect of your life. Because when you're forgiven, God will replace your doubt with security. And let's face it, life can be filled with anxieties and worries and issues, especially when we let doubts of God's love get in the middle of the way we're thinking. Because faith can move mountains, well, doubt creates those mountains. And so we've got to make those in the right balance to us. Now, one of my favorite stories in the Bible is the old Doubting Thomas story. I just find it intriguing. First of all, can you imagine going through all of history, people know you as being the doubting guy? I mean, that's not what we want for our legacy. But, but let's go back and think about it. So the disciples, the apostles, everybody watched Jesus die on the cross. He told him he'll come back in three days. Well, he comes back, goes to the disciples to reveal himself to them. And Thomas ain't there. You know, I did a little study on this. I think he was at 7-Eleven. He was getting milk and cookies for the guys for a snack. But anyway, he wasn't there. And he comes back and everybody's, woo-hoo, woo-hoo, we saw him. And he became the poster child for doubt, right? Now, here's why I'd love to be there. When Jesus shows up for Thomas, does he hate Thomas? Uh, Does he yell at Thomas? Does he curse Thomas? No, he simply comes up and replaces Thomas's doubt with security. John 20, he said to Thomas, put your finger here, see my hands, reach out, put you in my side, stop doubting and believe. Isn't that neat? He wants to replace those doubts for you as well. 
So what are the doubts that you're wrestling with? Do you doubt maybe that God hears and answers your prayers? Do you doubt that he loves you? Do you doubt that he will forgive you? That you are the masterpiece that the Bible says you are created by God for an eternal life with him? Do you doubt he'll give you security in the storms of life? Deuteronomy 33 says, Let the beloved in the Lord rest secure in him, for he shields him all day long. The one the Lord loves rests between his shoulders. You know, I've read that verse a lot of times, and it just dawned on me. Imagine a little, little child on daddy or grandpa's shoulders, having fun, secure and safe, enjoying everything. That's what this on his shoulders. Or imagine a, a sheep wanders off in danger. The shepherd's frantically looking, picks the sheet up, puts it over his shoulders, and carries it safely. That's what God wants to do for you. When we're forgiven, God also replaces your guilt with grace. Guilt can be devastating and paralyzing in our lives. Psalm 38 says that, my guilt has overwhelmed me like a burden too heavy to bear. But I want you to think for a minute. Guilt is a feeling about having done something wrong. Now, that's not the word shame. Shame, on the other hand, is a feeling of being something wrong. You never have to be filled with shame because you're not your sin. You're a child of God. That's your identity. Now, you should feel guilt when you're doing something wrong. Guilt leads you to confession and repentance and receiving forgiveness. Hebrews 10, verse 22. Let us draw near to God with a sincere heart. So you've got to have a sincere heart with the full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled and cleansed from a guilty conscience, having our bodies washed with pure water. Now, we've been using grace and mercy coins around here for a long time, and I feel kind of foolish because I don't have one with me right here, but they're in baskets, and I'm going to have you grab them. But Kevin Park came up with this ministry in 2001. So he came, and he made these coins, grace and mercy on either side of the coins, and again, there's whole baskets for you to get as you walk out of here. But think about it. He has 30 people that have received one. Isn't that cool? I'm teasing. 150,000 of those coins have been handed out. Now, why would he and we do that? So we can remember mercy and grace and forgiveness. Mercy, that's when we don't get what we deserve. The wage of sin is death, we don't get that. Grace is when God says, I'm going to give you what you don't deserve, and that's forgiveness of sins. On the way out, there's baskets. I want you to grab some. I want you to put them in your pocket. And when Satan starts to mess with you and tell you that God can't forgive you, just put your hand in. Maybe you pull it out. Maybe you just rub your fingers over it and says, oh, wait a minute. God has given me grace. God has given me mercy. And by the way, if you're struggling in these areas, just give me a call. We'll sit down. We'll talk about it. Because forgiveness is at the foundation of our walk with the Lord. When we're forgiven and living forgiven, uh, God will reap. Oh, let me read this verse. But to each one has been given, uh, us grace has been given as Christ has apportioned it. So what I want us to do is look at the fact that when we're forgiven, God replaces our grudges with freedom. I got to find the right verse. There you go. So, so here's this issue here. Uh, grudges are this persistent feeling of ill will, right? Or resentment uh, over something that has happened. And there's a great story Michael Green tells. And, 
And his friend is Clara Barton. Maybe you know Clara Barton or heard her name. She was the founder of American Red Cross. And this, this friend that was talking to her was trying to remind her of this really cruel thing that happened in her past. And she didn't seem to recall it at all. And, and he goes, well, don't you remember it? And she says, no, I distinctly remember forgetting it. Think about that for a minute. I distinctly remember forgetting what someone has done to you. Because I got to tell you, if you can't be free and happy and you're harboring grudges, man, you're going to have an awful life. Got to get rid of those things. You know, collect stamps or coins. You don't have to collect grudges because they're not going to do you much good. Colossians 3, now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. I'm sorry, I got this, all these slides messed up here. So. so when we're forgiven, God replaces our regret with hope as well. So the definition of regret, it's a feeling of sadness, a feeling of repentance, disappointment over something that has happened to us. We're all going to make bad choices in life. We're going to make mistakes. We're going to have regrets from our past. But I want you to remember this. If you don't remember anything, remember this. You are not your mistake. You are not your struggles. You are not your past. And knowing that gives you this hope, and it's built on your relationship with Jesus Christ. If you're going through storms of life, we've got to turn to God's Word to try to figure out where we're at and what we're doing. A verse that has always helped me in tough times is Romans 5. It says, not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance. Endurance produces character, and character produces hope, and hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who is given to us. You are handmade by God. You're equipped so that you can accomplish everything that he has called you to do, uh, so that you can move forward in the freedom, because he's got great plans for you. Jeremiah 29, 11 is a verse that many of us hear and know. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. So why is that verse important? What was the setting when that verse was written? Well, well, think back about the Jewish exiles. You know, Babylon, they're exiled for 70 years. They're filled with regret over all their sins. And God speaks to them. That same verse, but in the message translation, says, this is God's word on the subject. As soon as Babylon's 70 years are up and not a day before, I'll show up and take care of you as I promised. I'll bring you back home. I know what I'm doing. I love that God saying, hey, I got it covered. I know what I'm doing. And then he says, I have it all planned out. Plans to take care of you, not abandon you. Plans to give you the future that you hope for. So where are you in exile, so to speak? Where are the regrets in the past that you don't seem to me move pasting? Uh, knowing that God is a God of hope. And he wants to free you from them. When you're forgiven, God also replaces your fear with courage. Fear is an interesting word. We use it in all different levels. And, and sometimes it's devastating and other times it's not. Uh, it's an intensely unpleasant emotion by either perceived or recognized issue, danger, threat, 
someone or something that can bring some danger and harm to you. Now, I did a sermon on this many years back, and I remember the fact that there are 750 named fears, phobias, 750 of them, ones that you'd recognize, like fear of darkness or heights or flying or snakes, dying, those kind. And then weird ones like the fear of long words, the fear of balloons, even the fear of fear itself. But Isaiah has it covered. It says, do not fear. Now, I just said there's 750 of them. Why shouldn't we fear? For I am with you. Don't be dismayed. I tend to be dismayed. You don't have to. Why? Because I am your God, and I'll strengthen you and help you. I'll uphold you at my righteous right hand. You know, one evening there was a shepherd, uh, uh, a sheriff's uh, deputy that was with the canine unit, and he gets a call, and they think there might be a burglary, and he heads over there, and they find the back door ajar, and so he opens the car door and lets the dog go in to check it out, and the dog goes running in there, and boop, all of a sudden it stops. And it starts backing up and backs right out the, the building. And, and his deputy's going, what in the world? And then he looked up and realized it was the veterinary's office. <laughs> God wants to replace all of your fears as well with courage. You know, I caught confirmation for a whole lot of years here. And we'd always pick a, a individual verses and then a class verse. And without me ever telling them or guiding them, 1,189 chapters in the Bible filled with verses and verses, they almost always pick the same one, Joshua 1.9. And it's an interesting verse for us to look at because it says, have I not commanded you to be strong? And here it is, to be courageous. Don't be afraid, don't be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. The kids love the verse, we should love that verse as well. So what do you fear the most in life? What do you worry about? What do you despair over? What fills you with all kinds of anxiety? Remember that when fear casts a shadow, it just means there's a light somewhere. And of course, Jesus Christ is that light for you. He wants you to have courage and to step out boldly. You know, another great story in the Bible is the whole David and Goliath story. I mean, we see this David, you know, he's a shepherd boy, no training, no equipment, no heavy artillery, standing against this giant who's trained, this giant who, who, who has the weapons. And, and you remember it? I, let, me, let me read it, because this is pretty incredible. It says that David said to the Philistine, you come against me with sword and spear and javelin. I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty the God of the armies of Israel, whom you've defied. This day that the Lord will deliver you into my hands. I'll strike you down, cut off your head. This very day I'll give the carcasses of the Philistine army to the birds and the wild animals. The whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. Can you imagine the scene, this little guy saying that, and then God accomplishing that? How could he have that courage? Well, he knew that God was with him. And so again, personally for you. What's the Goliath in your life? What's that giant? Is it maybe a relational issue that's going on? Maybe it's a financial giant, a spiritual giant. Maybe it's guilt or regret or bitterness or grief. Do what David did. Know God is with you. Get into God's word and read it. 
Pray to him. Seek his guidance. Let him remind you that he's there with you, that he forgives you, and then you can move forward. Because you know what? Living forgiven empowers you to be the best version of you, free to accomplish God's plans for you. And why? To his glory. So this sermon series coming to an end. Again, go back and renew or review all of those different weeks and, and remind yourself that you are forgiven. All you have to do is trust in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, and you are forgiven. And then forgive yourself. God's forgiven you. He's forgotten. He's separated as far as the east is from the west so that you can go out and forgive others. Why? Because you have been forgiven. And again, if you're struggling with those, come see me. We'll sit in my office. We'll talk about them. We'll look at God's word and we'll pray. So some action steps as we walk out of here. Number one, are you ready to say that I'm going to live securely in God's grace and mercy? Grab coin on your way out. Put it in your pocket, your purse, somewhere where you can grab it when you're really feeling distressed and you're feeling that God can't forgive you or you're struggling with an issue, rub it across there and say, yeah, I can get through this. Are you ready to say that I'm going to live in the freedom found in God's forgiveness, the power, the freedom to let the past be in the past, live in the present, knowing that God will walk with you in the future? And then are you ready to say, I will step out with courage to serve the Lord? Just like David did, God's got plans for you in boldness. Step forward so that you can accomplish his will. Lord, thanks for loving us in spite of us this gift of forgiveness that you've given us for our shortcomings, the power that you want to work in us and through us to a hurting world. Lord, replace our doubt and our guilt, our grudges and regrets and fears. Replace them with security, with grace, with freedom, with hope, with courage. We can only find it in you, Lord. Let us stay connected to you. We pray it to your name. Amen.